Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. Well, it was a tough old afternoon slash evening at Craven Cottage. It's a stadium we haven't been to for a couple of seasons, uh, with obviously Fulham being down in the Championship. But a, a stadium which we've we've kind of had a bit of mixed fortunes. Like there were some really really good memories. I remember. Um, like a Maxi Rodriguez hat-trick, that Steven Gerrard ball through to Daniel Sturridge. Great memories of this ground. Um, but today, uh, just what yeah, just wasn't wasn't really our day. Um, I think there's a couple of things that I can put my finger on, which I'll attempt to do over the course of this episode, but there was a couple of things that just didn't seem right um, about the way we played or the way we approached the game um, or whatever. But anyway, before I jump into kind of analysing our our failings in the game. I think Fulham were um, set out in a very, very structured way. Um, and as you would expect, you know, their, their, their season hasn't started off uh, the best or how they would like. Uh, and they're already looking, you know, people are already writing them off as, uh, you know, are they the team that's going to go down after, after just one season? Um, and so they had a chance against the Premier League champions to really prove a point, not only to the rest of the Premier League, but to themselves as well, that they, you know, they belong in this league, they deserve to be in this league. And I think that the performance that Fulham put out today was was really kind of a, a personification of that, a personification uh, and justification to themselves that we we belong here and we can actually do really well. And I, and I think they did really, really well. Like we we were poor, we were we were far off. Uh, our best but they were really really good very well structured very well disciplined there's been a bit of criticism about Scott Parker this season so far but um, yeah you know fair play to him he set out a very structured team his team were disciplined uh, and they got the result for that uh, before the game obviously we also had the um, it feels like every episode now we get in this uh, getting a piece of news like this but it was the news that Diego Jota uh, picked up an injury very shortly before being substituted against Michelin in the week, uh, which is going to leave him out for six to eight weeks. Obviously, going into the busy Christmas period like we are, um, that is is not ideal. I think the only saving grace is actually this year that the fixture congestion probably been more before Christmas than it is during Christmas um, with no kind of EFL Cup and uh, all right. And then we, we know who we're playing in the FA Cup early January. And there's there's the games over Christmas maybe don't seem as stacked up as maybe they did before. Maybe that's just a placebo, not a placebo effect. Maybe that's just my uh, kind of analysis of it. Um, but it, from looking at how far the games are, it looks like they're a little bit separated out. So hopefully uh, that helps in, in terms of recuperation of the players, the, the rest, the training, etc., etc. But all of that stuff, all of that stuff said, you know, the Champions League game we had, um, in midweek, you know, all that type of stuff, who we rested. None of that is an excuse for how poor we were in the first half. Um, we just just couldn't do anything. It was very, very strange. It was like um, we, weren't, we weren't even playing really simple passes well. Like, you know, really simple passes between the centre-backs even uh, and out to the full-backs. Even they weren't working and, and Genie was losing the ball. Hendo was losing the ball. Even Trent was losing the ball and and just didn't look very confident. It was very strange. It seemed like Klopp had obviously given the majority of the team that played a rest uh, against Michelin, but it also it almost felt like they were lethargic as a result of that rest rather than energized. And and it's kind of an interesting one that there's obviously the myth, not a myth, but you know there's always the thinking that if you rest players, that helps them energize, and when they come into the next game, that means they're going to have loads more energy and they're going to be pumped up uh, and they'll be able to win. 
However, there's the, the opposing view to that is actually by taking people out of the firing line, which they've been playing in so regularly, you kind of mess with their routine, their everything. And so actually it becomes even more difficult when you come back into it to get back into your form, get back into that rhythm and routine that maybe you were in. And I think maybe this was a good example of that being, you know, being played out in, in real life. We just looked, no one looked interested. We were, we would say we were giving the ball away. Nothing was happening. Uh, and that's as, as much as it is a discredit to ourselves. I think it's as much as a credit to, to Fulham. They were they were very strong in their kind of banks of defence and midfield. I uh, wasn't really playing with a striker or strikers. Uh, Cavallero and, and Lookman were the only ones really looking to break forward. Uh, and Cordova Reed on the right-hand side as well. But other than that, they were all kind of just all firmly behind the ball, uh, letting us have the ball in our half. Um, and knowing that we couldn't really do anything. They were defending really deep. We couldn't play those balls in over the top. We didn't have those creative midfielders that could turn, play a cute pass. Uh, and so honestly, they were they were very, very, very uh, comfortable. And actually, you know, they were the ones who in the first half had those couple of chances where, you know, they the, they broke away really well. They had those couple of chances, forced Allison into a couple of very, very good save. Cavalero with two particular chances in the first half um, that we did, that Allison did really well to save. Good to see him back as well from his injury as well. Not sure how he got injured, but he needs to be in the team now. He can't be getting injured. We need to keep him. We need to keep him in the team. Um, but yeah, Fulham definitely did look more dangerous in the first half from their breakaway from their breakaway attempts, and and they did get the goal. Um, but before that, there was obviously a silly VAR decision that happened with Fabinho, and it was one of those ridiculous ones where they say VAR isn't there to re-referee. The referee saw it, completely ignored it, gave a corner, move on. But VAR then wanted to have a look and re-referee the decision that the on-field referee had made. Uh, fortunately for us, the referee went to the side monitor, saw, saw the replays uh, and decided that actually it wasn't a penalty, which exactly what he agreed in the first place. But VAR just seemed to be going back against their own rules, left, right and centre, and it's just very, very confusing. But um, after all of that drama, Fulham did get a goal um, from... It was kind of the resulting of a corner. It was kind of cleared by Matip, and it was one of those things where you could tell all of the Liverpool players got very excited. We won the first header. It fell to a Liverpool player. Um, and, you know, you could see everybody's eyes light up. You know, it's been such a difficult game to break them down. Everyone's eyes lit up with, oh, we can break away here. We can, you know, play a through ball in, get Salah Mane going. Um, but we were so kind of almost fixated on that that we forgot that, you know, forgot to get the ball out to them and and, let, and start that counter-attack. And they won the ball back, played it over to Cordova Reed, who uh, kind of just kept his head down and just smashed it in the corner. It was a fantastic strike, fair play. It was a really, really good goal. Allison had no chance, but it was just a, it was just kind of a, uh, I think it was born out of the frustration of the game that as soon as we had the chance of possibly a breakaway goal, everyone's kind of eyes lit up uh, and they kind of almost got ahead of themselves thinking about, how, they, how we were going to be 50 yards up the pitch rather than worrying about this current situation with where the ball was, uh, where the Fulham players were. Um, and yeah, we after that goal, you could see Klopp on the, on the sideline just shouting like, wake up, wake up. Um, and yeah, very much, as I said at the beginning, was, uh, was a lethargic performance up until that goal. I think after that, we got a bit better. I think we got a bit better because uh, Trent and Robertson in particular pushed really high and but also more importantly, really wide. Uh, which forced their kind of defence out. And sometimes they didn't want to go out and they wanted to stay really compact, which meant uh, Trent uh, in particular, Robbo maybe not so much, but Trent in particular had a lot of the space, which allowed him to get some balls into the cross, get those fizzed crosses in. Uh, and we're kind of growing a little bit, a little bit into the game. 
um, at the end of the first half, but we were still down and we went into the halftime uh, 1-0 down. And so the pressure was all on us in the second half. And as the second half started, you know, everyone kind of knew how the game was going to go. We were going to have a lot of the ball. Fulham were going to sit back and uh, try and hold on to what they had. We did make a substitution at halftime, and that was to bring off uh, Joel Matip and bring on Takumi Minamino, which I, at first I thought, interesting substitution. Maybe we'll go two in midfield and just play four up front. Um, with Salah Firmino, Mane and Minamino as well. But uh, it transpired, well, at least through a commentary, that uh, Matip had a bit of a back problem. So they're probably just taking the precaution there um, and bringing him off. But hopefully he doesn't miss the Tottenham game because we really can't do with any more centre-backs that are injured um, because that, you know, we just don't have the... We don't have the people to facilitate more injuries. Um, but yeah, as I said, the second half really kind of started at least how we would have expected it to... Um, it was a it was a game where, uh, like particularly in the second half, where midfield just dominated the game. Um, I, I I've spoken a lot about. I feel like I've spoken a, a, spoken a lot about Genie Wijnaldum this season, and I, and I really do like him. I think he's you know he's brought so much to the team. His fantastic goal last weekend, but a game like this where the team are going to play you know 10, 11 men behind the ball, it just isn't a Genie Wijnaldum game. Um, I think one of the you know in this case we did just didn't have a chance. Um, and I'll talk a bit more about it in the shout-out to Klopp at the end because I think it's more about the midfield. But I think in a game like this where the team are just going to sit behind the ball, Genie is not that player that's going to break them down. He's a worker, a grinder in midfield, help us win the ball back, uh, pass the pass the ball on to, to those more creative midfielders. And um, yeah, I, I think this is those types of games and, and against opposition like this, uh, they're just not Genie-friendly games. I'll call them Genie-friendly games. But... We kept we kept passing sideways, you know. We kept our um, you know hopes up, and uh, we were patient, and we were kind of passing the ball around, making some chances. Henderson had a fantastic chance, played through a little nice ball uh, by Bobby Firmino. He was one on one with the goalkeeper, but you know, a fantastic save from Mariola. Um, and you know, those that kind of pass there from Firmino was a t kind of pass we saw Shakiri playing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, not really sure what's happened to Shakiri again. I think he picked up a little knock, but. Um, Klopp and, and Liverpool are just very, very coy with information about these types of injuries. And um, uh, yeah, we, I think we could have done, really could have done with a player like him. In the second half, I think Marnie, I, from my perspective at least, was one of the only players from our team that really wanted to take the game to Fulham. You know, taking on some players, drifting past a few players, dribbling past them. Uh, he was successful on a couple of occasions, but not really any an end product, you know, be it a shot on goal or a, or a kind of really decisive cross that, you know, led let Firmino or Salah knock a ball in. Uh, but he was the one that I really want to commend because I think in the second half in particular, he was kind of, he kind of wanted to take the game by the scruff of the neck. We talk about the great players uh, and what they do in those situations when their team is either losing or things aren't, you know, things aren't working for their team. They take the game by the scruff of the neck and um, that, you know, they try and push forward as much as they can to try and get the result for their team. We did manage to equalize um, with a penalty. It was a free kick that unfortunately Trent had been taken off for, uh, which I think was clever, you know, given he played, I think, 90 minutes uh, in the week, just coming back from injury. We've got the big game against Tottenham on the week, which will probably play 90 minutes in and will have a very, very tough game against uh, against Son. Uh, but Wijnaldum ended up taking the um, free kick and it was straight into the wall and uh, Kamara put his hands up. I wouldn't say his his arms weren't too far extended outside of his body shape or body line as they call it, uh, but I think it was far enough that 
uh, the referee kind of saw saw that it was an it was impeding the ball going through, and that's exactly what it was doing. And it was a penalty. Um, and finally, you could feel like a bit of the uh, release of kind of finally something something happened and worked our way. It was, and you know what? We were actually very very lucky to score it. Mo Salah it was not one of Mo Salah's best penalties. Ariola, I feel like, just got a bit confused about which way he wanted to dive, um, which probably ended up confusing him more than anything else. It was kind of straight down the middle, but Salah scored. Uh, Salah came off as well, um, and Divock came on for the last 10 minutes or so. Divock couldn't really fashion any chances, but it was going to be very, very tough for him anyway. Coming on at the end of a game with a defence that were very, very structured, very, very strong, and kind of just sat deep. So it was always going to be difficult for him anyway. Um, we caused a couple of problems after that. Curtis Jones had a great chance where he dribbled past a couple of players. If he could have placed it in the corner, it would have been a fantastic goal and we would have escaped Craven Cottage with, with all three points. But that wasn't to be the case and and the game did finish one all. Um, we kept pressing all the way to the last minute, but we just couldn't force our luck. And, and so we had to settle with a point in the end, which given Spurs' draw as well, wasn't the end of the world. It maybe gave us a chance, you know, gave us that kind of window of opportunity to maybe capitalise, uh, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, and obviously we've got that huge game on Wednesday now against uh, Tottenham, which should be a very, very tough game. It was a big game anyway, but given we both draw, we're both on the same amount of points, it should be a very, very uh, good game. Now I'm going to touch on the man of the match, who for me... There wasn't really anyone on the Liverpool seat, Liverpool side. Pretty much everything I've talked about in this episode was about how we were lethargic, not out of the races, etc. But the 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 only real person who was back from injury today who did really really well and honestly in the first half kept us in the game. And that was Allison. Uh, it was great to see Kelleher over the past couple of games. Um, he's been really fantastic. He made some fantastic saves in the Champions League and the Premier League also. But it was great to see Allison back. And uh, yeah, he really did keep us in the game. And if we had gone two or maybe even three down in the first half, that could have completely knocked us. And you know, could have been. I could have foreseen a possible another Aston Villa type score. But he kept us in the game and was absolutely fantastic. And then finally, on the shout out to Klopp. Uh, and I touched on this a little earlier. And it's it's thinking about the the composition of the midfield in these games where we play against teams that uh, we know will sit back behind the ball where you know they haven't got the the fastest team or the teams in the lower part of the table where they're just trying to maybe nick a point nick a goal and sit behind it um, I think we just have to think about one the personnel but two kind of the structure um, Henderson maybe we play him further up um, for example you know he can get those crosses into the box uh, Genie um, how do we play him? What what are the games that may make sense for Genie to play in? Ox now coming back is huge about what games he plays in. Just so just thinking more about that composition based on the opposition rather than just playing kind of the same three midfielders. But that's it for the, that's it for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already, and I'll catch you guys on the next video.